Hello all, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks you can only cure an irritating penis by kicking him out of Parliament. Hello all and welcome back to The Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show I'll be looking at finding out what the perfect age gap is, talking about men's work with Aaron Kleinerman and seeing what you said when I asked our lovely listeners for their kinky finds. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review or at least subscribe. And I hope you're ready because I'm about to bring out my massive tool. Hello, 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 dearest listener. Okay, quick question. Do you think there is such a thing as a perfect age gap? All right, look, I can't lie. When I hear the word age gap, oh, it just gives me the cringe. I definitely think about, I don't know, at least one of them having a midlife crisis. That's <laughs> oh, just me being very judgy, all right? But psychotherapist Toby Ingham says that it would be difficult to give an exact number on what a perfect age gap would be. Look, society has changed a lot. We used to have that old rule. Do you remember that? Half your age plus seven. And that was acceptable. Well, now we're all about inclusivity. But he adds that in a professional capacity, he has seen intergenerational relationships struggle. Toby says, in my work, age gaps that resemble parental age differences or different generations can create complications that breed problems over time. For instance, there might be things like children from a former marriage and that might be very difficult when they're the same age as new partners. So how can people in age gap relationships continue to make it work? Councillor Sadiq Salim says there are key things people should consider. For instance, she explains that conversations around having children together might be a complex subject to navigate. Or maybe your concern should be around health and mobility. Like, come on, you have to remember that your vows include in sickness and in health for most people. And yet these are really difficult topics to cover, but it doesn't change the fact that having these discussions are really vital if you want to make the relationship work. But look, hey, we could all be wrong. Let's remember that as long as everything is legal, there might not be an ideal number of years to have between yourself and your partner. And sometimes you just can't choose who you fall in love with. If you want to know more about navigating an age gap in a relationship, then head to the article, What is the Perfect Age Gap? According to Experts, over at metro.co.uk. But obviously not before you have listened to my fabulous chat with this week's guest. 
Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, a few weeks ago I put a call out into the universe to talk to someone about Tantra and in true manifestation style, one has landed in my inbox and I cannot wait to hear all about it. He's a transformational tantric coach and speaker who is helping men embody and integrate their consciousness, heart and balls so they can have more fulfilling relationships from the bedroom to the boardroom. It's Aaron Kleinerman. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Hello, good to be here. I like your enthusiasm. It's 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 electric. It's alive. <laughs> <laughs> Did I leave you speechless? I, I I do that. Don't worry. Uh, okay, let's leap in with that hefty trifecta: integrate people's consciousness, heart, and balls. What does that mean? Well, that that means m- many different pieces. You know, there's. There's a lot to, to share on that. I've been on the spiritual journey for, for many years. And, you know, what I notice is there's a lot of uh, spiritual traditions that tend to only look at consciousness and kind of the evolution and almost an ascending up to find divinity, to find recognition, to find something higher. And when we can drop down into the body and find divinity, find aliveness, find fullness in the human experience and be able to live from that place. And we're living from a very different energetic, a different way of being in the world. So really, you know, this world of Tantra is a place where all of you is welcome. All parts, all pieces, all aspects are welcome to be seen, heard, experienced, and felt. So that means that we're not leaving something out the door. We're not leaving something behind. And we're integrating the entire human experience. And we're saying... I love it all, and I'm going to thank all of it because it's made you who you are. It's made me who I am, and there's no denial or any you know, pushing down of any part of us that we don't feel like we can own. And unfortunately, there's a lot of practices, there's a lot of traditions that try to only look at a particular area of life or only try to like focus on one particular dogma or belief or things like that. And really what Tantra is, it says all of that. Let's bring it in. Let's bring it in. Let's let's look at it. Let's dive into it. Let's embody it. Let's feel it. And let's come alive into it that much deeper. So what is Tantra then? Because I think a lot of people would think that Tantra is just tantric sex and they just, you know, get visions of Sting breathing weirdly. So what <laughs> what for you is your version of Tantra? Well, Tantra, the definition itself, one of the definitions that I like the most is to weave. Literally, it means to weave. And so the way I look at Tantra, it's to weave love through life. And we're not just talking about a romantic love that exists between two humans. We're talking about a love that's universal, that's eternal, that exists well beyond the death of this bodysuit and into more of a, you could say, both a cosmic reality as well as a grounded earthly reality. So Tantra is just weaving love through life. And when we can weave love through life, through our finances, through our relationships, through our social world, through our family, through our purpose, our work, when we can weave love into all of those areas of life, then we're opening the doors of what Tantra is. But there is a lot of people who will be thinking right now, but come on, let's get on to the nitty gritty. (laughs) Come on. Don't leave me hanging, Aaron. There is. Don't, don't that. I want more. I want more. I want the sex. I want the sex. Give me the sex. <laughs> it's the smut drop. It's the smut. Give me the sex. Of course. Of course. Do you get annoyed when people like are just wanting to talk about the sex part or? 
No, I mean, the, the, the reality is it's like it's the only spiritual tradition that includes sexuality. But unfortunately, most people think that it's that's only what it's about. And, you know, I've had my own journey with Tantra where a few times I'm like, I actually don't want to help redefine it anymore because I show up in the world as a male Tantra teacher. There's usually a hundred judgments on my head before I've even opened my mouth. It's like, oh, you're this, you're this, you're that. Because there's a lot of abuse and there's a lot of things that have happened in the world of Tantra that have given it aspects of a bad name. But really, a mission in my own life is to help redefine it in a way that's that's alive, in a way that can land not only in the bedroom, but also in the boardroom. And when we can weave it in the bedroom, then we can recognize divinity inside of whoever it is that's in front of us. Now, I'm not saying we need to fuck every single person that's in front of us. But what it means is that we can actually experience love within ourselves and have that be reflected in who is sitting in front of us and be able to take that into our life. And, you know, I get asked emails all the time. Well, I want to learn tantric sex. And what is tantric sex? And how about, you know, and it's like, really, tantric lovemaking is slowing the fuck down taking agenda away, not rushing to ejaculation, not rushing to clitoral orgasm, not rushing, trying to get somewhere. And it's simply being in the joy of making love, whether it's with yourself or with another. And we live in a world that's like, go, go, go fast, fast, this thing, this thing, this thing. And actually what I invite people to do, and you can even do it now, is just take a breath. Ah. And we calm down our nervous system and we drop into our body and we drop into the more tender, alive. And that doesn't mean I, you can't have wild, ravenous, animal-like lovemaking. But that also means you can just be soft and gentle and tender. It's inviting all of it. And it's saying, hey, that's all welcome here. And we celebrate it. I love that. I think it's so interesting to be able to put that calmness and gentleness into it rather than as you say everyone just thinking right this is all just about the shagging let's go what was your journey how did you get into tantra and into this this spiritual life because you you sound like you're suited to it Aaron <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the the charm bells and the the <laughs> <laughs> smell the incense from here so where did you start with your spiritual journey well well, put it this way and this will probably give you some more insight into me i got laid a lot more before i was teaching tantra <laughs> i'm not one of these tantra teachers that's like oh let me become a tantra teacher so i have sex i actually have sex yeah. a lot less these days than when i was right. i mean my previous career is a ship's captain i'm a merchant mariner so I'm, I've, I've taken ships all over the world. I went to America Time Academy in the U.S. It's where I found my soul for the first time on a ship going to the Iraqi war in 2002, you know, working on a U.S. military prepositioning vessel. It's, you know, where I, I found a deeper understanding and essence in my relationship with the ocean and my relationship with having lovers all over the world and, you know, being very, very sailor-like in many ways. So... I started to realize that sexuality was something that came very naturally and easily for me. And then I started to recognize both, you know, with people that were coming into my world personally, as well as professionally, 
that there was a lot of issues around sexuality, the shame, the abuse, the rape, the, the things that people don't know how to deal with on the lower base chakras. We're talking about like more on the hips and the areas around our sex, money, and power and our relationship to all of that. So I just realized, you know, as I kind of let that career go, that I wanted to be in service in the world. I wanted to support others. I wanted to help people wake the fuck up and get out of their own way and to step into who they really are on this planet. And a big piece of that is having a better relationship with sex, with money, with power. And this is all a lot of what Tantra supports people to do. And I had to go through it myself. The other thing I've seen inside the world of self-development, which is I got very disillusioned by, was witnessing a lot of people saying things from stage, but then their lives dictating something else. And I'm like, this is bullshit. This is all fucking bullshit. I want to live in a world where people, to the best of their ability, are embodying the teachings that they're bringing in. And I started to experience that when I both personally and then professionally leaned more into this field of Tantra. So was there any part of you where you, um, was it always Tantra for you or did you try other forms of spirituality and self-development or was there just this, this moment where you're like, Oh, Tantra, that's what I've been looking for. Yeah. Great question. I mean, when I first got into this field in my early twenties, I did a master's in spiritual psychology, um, Wow. which really framed the work I do in my one-to-one coaching and, and the work I've been doing for over 15 years now. But in that course, sexuality wasn't really talked about. It was just like, oh, that's something we do. We're going to talk about, you know, a beautiful course, incredible, framed me, you know, amazingly for the work I was doing. I also was was studying a lot in kind of with, with a, I was living in LA at the time. I had two other mentors in my life kind of studying the science of the human experience as well as like the science of the relationship with God as a spirituality in a very transdenominational way. And so those three areas really gave me an awareness of the self-development world. But then I realized, as I was saying, after about three, four years, I was just a little like fed up with it all. And I, I, was, I didn't want to be in anymore. A buddy of mine in Hawaii reached out. He said, do you want to come back on the ship out here? And it was a cruise ship operating in Hawaii. And I said, absolutely. I'm so ready to get a paycheck <laughs> again. I'm ready to just be a normal person and not in this like spiritual world. And so I went back to Hawaii. Yeah. I worked for three, four months on the ship. And then I'd take time off. You know, I had my sex life, I had my lovers, I had my, I had a beautiful existence. And I realized, you know, probably three, four years later, I had a journey with ayahuasca for the first time. She came into my field and was like, hey, you know, maybe there's more you want to do with your life than just operating ships and doing this. And it started to reignite that part inside of me. And so when I reemerged into this field of self-development, I had a, a woman who came in my life at the time who was really like a tantric initiatrice. Like she initiated me into this path that I've been on and opened the doorway to recognize that the way in which I was living and breathing with my sex life was what people were trying to learn how to do. She's like, you're tantric, you don't even know it. And I'm like, okay, like, sure. You know, just with being slow, <laughs> with having appreciation for the body, with taking breaths, with making love for hours. I mean, I think probably even before I knew it, when I lost my virginity when I was 15, the first woman I was with, we made love for four hours. But that's my divergent oh my story. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. You could do a TED talk on just that. You People know? would be fascinated. 
yeah, so maybe I was born to be in this place, you know, to help people around such out of any ways I am. And it's just always been something natural. I can have these conversations and people come to me. So how does it work in the from the bedroom to the boardroom? So how does Tantra actually help when it comes to uh, masculinity and taking it from the four hours of lovemaking into the boardroom and the business meetings? Where where does it start? Yeah, again, great question. So when we can, when I, when you, when we can learn how to have a healthier relationship with our life force energy. Now, when I'm saying life force energy, I'm meaning the energy that brought you into creation, the energy that brought me into creation was sperm and egg meeting each other and creating life. That's a pretty incredible amount of energy that creates this human being. And so when an individual can have a healthier relationship with life force energy inside of them, and that means that they're, they're moving through their shame and their fear and their guilt and their sexual inadequacy and their frustration and all that, and they can start to have a healthier relationship inside themselves, then what happens is they can, change, they can take that relationship and begin to be impactful and, and shifting the way in which they show up in the boardroom, meaning they're coming from more aliveness, they're coming from more integrity, they're coming from more of a place that they know thyself even more deeply. I'll give an example. There's a, a great book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It came out in the 40s or 50s. And, and it's like all about like being a good businessman and, and you know, think and grow rich, all about making money in that. And there's a chapter in that book called The Mystery of Sex Transmutation. So this is a guy from the 40s and 50s that's talking about all these things with abundance and manifestation and learning how to be a powerhouse in the boardroom. And the most powerful chapter in that whole book, in my perspective, is learning how to work with the mystery of sex transmutation, which is our life force energy transmuting into the different projects into creations you know into how we show up as a better human as a father as a mother as a business owner because we're more whole and we're more integrated and we're bringing all of ourselves to the to the boardroom now i'm not saying we need to fuck everyone in the boardroom but we can have a relationship where we know our power and we know the place that penetrates through that which is not love and allows and receives that which we need need to. So when we have a relationship with Tantra, we have a better relationship with receptivity and penetration, giving and receiving. And this giving and receiving makes a human more whole inside and makes them not need to find something on the outside in order to feel whole. Does that make sense? No, okay. I'm gonna. Perfect, perfect. Let's go <laughs> no, it can, it can be. <laughs> I, I think because I'm quite a practical person, yep. so this all sounds great, but it sounds like that's the goal rather than the steps to take to it. Mm -hmm. So where, where could I start? Where would I, where could I start finding my life force energy and enhancing it or captivating it? What do I start by doing? Great question. So the first thing anyone listening can do tonight, you can go home, you can stand in front of the mirror, and I invite you to take off all your clothes, to be in the comfort of your own space, <laughs> and to, to yeah. look yourself into the eye, and to, and to fall in love with who you are. 
That means fall in love with the, your face, your body, your knees, your feet, your genitals, your belly, your breasts, all parts of you. And that might sound like something easy, but I guarantee some of the people listening, and potentially yourself, I don't know you well enough, but that that invitation to actually just look at ourselves and to say, I love you. Thank you. Like, thank you. Like, to love all parts of ourselves might sound easier said than done. And so the way that it starts is right there. And that also means, and the other invitation I'll put to people is begin to bring pleasure. Now, I'm not saying pleasure that's agenda-based in, in trying to get to a goal, but bring pleasure in touch to your own body in a way that's soothing, nourishing, and helps fill your own cup. Again, that can just be simply taking a little bit of you know, your favorite body butter or your favorite coconut oil with your own self, your t- doors are closed, and you just begin to bring loving touch to your body. While you're doing that, saying, I love you, body. Thank you. Thank you for carrying me for life. Thank you for letting me feel. Thank you for letting me fuck. Thank you for letting me cry. Thank you for letting me be angry. Thank you for everything you bring into my world. Like, our bodies are incredible. And unfortunately, we live in a world where we're very mind, mental, cognitive focused. When we can begin to learn and listen more deeply to the signs and the symptoms and the things that are happening in the body, then the trajectory of someone's life can drastically change. One of the things that you uh, focus on as well is you you look at masculine sexuality. So is that something that's your your speciality? Um, Or is this something that is for any kind of feminine masculine non-binary or do you or you know are you focused more on masculine sexuality and being able to take away like the toxicity within it yes i help exterminate the toxic masculinity in the world for sure (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean it's (laughs) i i think because when i because when i look at at people's because we've had a few people who do uh, discuss masculine sexuality and for me i'm always fascinated because i i think it'd be easy for a guy who has been wrongly indoctrinated to look at websites and think oh masculine sexuality that's me you know and all bringing out all the toxicity and everything so how do you make sure that you aren't trying to um not attract those kind of people like do you ever get those kind of people turning up and they want the wrong kind of lessons yeah it's a great question i mean you know i show up in the world in a in a wide variety of ways like the first way people often reach me now is through through the book i wrote the embodied man you know, which they can get for $20 on Amazon. I show up, you know, people people have, you know, there's online courses. And then by the time people find me in a retreat and the fine people find me, generally they, they've been on this journey for 5, 10, 15, sometimes 20 years. Because I'm, I'm like the, the, the degree to which I'm working in person events and things like that is I wouldn't say it's more advanced than necessarily the initial seeker. And so what I do help with kind of the initial seeker is to redefine what healthy masculinity is. 
And healthy masculinity is a place of being in integrity with yourself, learning how to own the power of your penetrative nature, as well as know the power of your own receptivity. The challenge with a lot of the you know distorted masculinity and the toxic masculinity, it's a lot of visuals with a very strong power over dynamic. This is what we observe with politics, with war, with marketing, with so many things. It's like some individual, some organization having control over others. And so when people come into power, they think that's what they need to do in order to lead. I come from a military world. I've held a lot of points of power in my life. I know how to control people. I know how to lead people. I know how to guide people. But what is really exciting and nourishing is when people can learn how to share power with each other. And now it doesn't mean that there can't be a more alpha person in the room. And I celebrate those that are alpha. I'm a super strong alpha being, but I also know the places where I'm going to show up and be the leader. And I know the places where I'm going to show up and I'm going to listen and I'm going to hear and I'm going to learn. And this is the dynamic, healthy balance of masculinity that can both be receptive as well as penetrative and have a healthy integrative nature of this way. So what usually is the reason that there's a lot of the toxic masculinity is it's male bodies leading the same way that their dad or someone else that taught them how to do or what they observed, which is hitting and beating and having control and power over others. And eventually the world is coming up to recognize that doesn't work anymore. And we're, we're stepping into a more Aquarian age, a new way of community-oriented leadership that inspires and awakens individuals to own their unique genius, but not needing to be the, the best in the room for every area of life. It's like, I want to celebrate the things that I'm great at, and I want to learn from the areas where I can learn. And, I, and, and I'm always a student as well as always a leader in my life. It sounds it sounds so much more nourishing. It sounds like nourishing masculinity <laughs> rather than toxic masculinity. Like let's feed rather than destroy. And that seems like a bit more of a, a sensible way to go. Is that something that you focus on in your retreats? What what happens on those? I am absolutely intrigued. It's a mystery. It, it's a retreat that, you know, the name of it is the initiation journey. And it's really it's the initiation that most men have never received. There's a lot of big boys in male bodies in, in the world that have never had a proper initiation. And that's an initiation at the mind, initiation at the heart, initiation at the belly, at the emotional body. And that's an initiation with our sexual energy as well. And, you know, some of the areas that we tackle, that we move into in this retreat are some of the biggest fears, taboos, the, the homophobia, the things that most men are terrified of even acknowledging, meanwhile, even talking about, and even more, can I embody and go into some of these darker, more dense energies inside uh, the body as well as within society. So, it's a place that lets a man come back home into his own heart and step away with confidence, with clarity, and a deeper appreciation for who he's meant to be in this world. And when a man isn't on purpose, when a male body specifically isn't on purpose, 
my perspective is nothing fucking sexy about that. Like, you know, but doesn't mean that purpose needs to run your life. It just means you know who you are and why you've come to this earth and what you're here to establish and create and do and, and be in the world. You're not driven by that and, and blind to everything else, but there's a driving purpose alive in the soul within you. And that's, you know, I, I, I get a lot more into what can feel esoteric, but everything from my background, I ground into practical skills that can people can apply day in and day out of their lives. What kind of person do you think would need something like this? Like, are there particular signs uh, that you're like, oh, that guy can really benefit from the initiation? Yeah, uh, there's there's a few. For one, what often comes into my inbox are especially male bodies that have, they've had the same relationship with the same woman, just with a different name, probably for the last 10 or 15 years. <laughs> oh, we know those guys. And they, yes. they hit their head against the same brick wall, and they keep thinking that it's not going to be a brick wall anymore until they've hit them, and they're like, all right, I need to make a change. My, my woman left me. I lost my job. I've hit something has broken down and they've hit rock bottom. That's kind of one variation of the guys that come in. The other one are like the super seekers, the guys that are like on the spiritual quest. They, they've done a lot of different things. They've done the, you know, deep long meditation journeys. They've done a lot of self-development. They've dove into Tony Robbins. They've done all of these different things. And they're like, I want more. I want more. And they're like, ah, okay, I'm ready now to meet the field of Tantra and to meet recognizing our spiritual incarnation, our, our, our deep divinity to pure cosmic creation in the body. And so they're ready to have an embodied journey with God and an embodied journey with love with their brothers in a way that's going to redefine them and how they show up in the world moving forward. Do you ever get the guys in the inbox who are just like, I just want tantric sex. I just want to know how I can, how I can fuck for five hours. What, <laughs> please help me. <laughs> and you have to just be like, no, out of office, <laughs> unsubscribe. I, I do. I mean, when I first started in this field, I, I, for that specific guy, I was having the same conversation with the same guy over and over again. And I'm like, I need to make a course. So I made a course that called, was called the conscious man's guide to the bedroom, you know, online journey that people can take that helps them be and make love for five hours and helps them show up in, in, in that way. So I'm like, all right, you know, there's an, I'm getting this enough requests and I, and I have the skills to do that. It's not like my highest value that I love the most. I love helping people have better sex. Absolutely. And I, so I, I did that. So I usually in those inquiries, I send them towards that course and then they're like, oh, okay. And then once they've done that, I'm like, are you ready for more? So it's like, there's an evolutionary journey. And, you know, sometimes I have a, an intake call with, with someone for 20 minutes and the amount of value I give in that, they're like, you know, they reach out to me a year later and they're like, I'm still integrating these things into my life. So Every person's at a different, you know, stage in their journey. And, and, and that's why I've learned through the years to have different supporting mechanisms to help them along their way. 
I find that so fascinating. I love that it's different different strokes for different folks for it, different courses for different horses. That seems to make a lot of sense. So you don't you can you you can have a lot of work with someone finding their life force energy or the ones that just want the five hour fuck session can can tootle <laughs> off. <laughs> you don't have to mix with them, that's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and I um you know, that's what I realize even in my like yearly teaching schedule. Like I teach in a lot of different styles and formats. And I love that because it keeps me like interested and different and varied. If I was teaching the same course or giving the same one hour lecture every day for the next 360, I'd, I'd do my head in. I like to show up in different yeah. ways and shapes and forms and different, you know, containers and different groups and different retreats that bring out different aspects of me. You know, like this summer, I'm taking my maritime career, and for the second year, we're doing a Tantra yacht journey. So we're taking 40 people oh, on wow. a 165-foot yacht on a beautiful Croatian sea to, to, to love and to enjoy and to fall in love with themselves, to fall in love with life, and to go on epic adventures and eat five-star darning. And it's like, yes, I love that too, you know? Oh, my God. I think I'd love – I'd absolutely love life if I was on a nice little yacht in Croatia having five-star dinners. That's uh, – what absolutely. can you not love about that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems a bit biased there Aaron I'm not gonna lie (laughs) what kind of uh where do you host courses if you're not on the lovely yacht where about where else do you do retreat so like I have one coming up in uh in Finland a men's journey um that's in about two weeks um after that I'm in Prague for a week-long journey that's co-ed for men and women. The week after that, I'm, I'm heading up to UK to, to, to meet the, the, the Brits. So they're all around the world. All over. Usually in the winters, I'm in Bali. Uh, I'm, I'm building a home in Bali. That's kind of my home when I'm not on the road traveling. Um, I'm teaching later in the year in Ecuador. I'm teaching in California. Uh, I'll be down in Patagonia in in, uh, November running a men's retreat. So I'm literally all over the world. In July, I have a group of peens that I'm I'm taking up Kilimanjaro and we're doing a hike up one of the highest mountain in Africa. Um, So I'm I'm all over. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Spreading the love. Brilliant. Spreading the love, yes. Spreading the conscious (laughs) seeds. The seeds Uh, of love across the world. (laughs) What are your top three tips for people at home? We love a bit of a take-home bit of homework. So, um, and I know you were saying earlier about the standing in the mirror and and loving yourself, but what are the top three things that people can do listening to this at home just to help themselves start their, their own tantra, their own love journey that would take their consciousness and their heart and their balls and make their boardroom experience a mind-blowing one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great question. I mean, definitely the, the self-love bit is, is one of the first ways to start. Um, two, it, it's really like giving yourself permission to really feel. You know, sometimes people suppress their emotions. They're afraid of their anger. They're afraid of their sadness. When emotions come up, let yourself feel them. Don't push them down. Don't stuff them away with too many beers or or too much food. Like, really let yourself feel. And again, that's something that's easier said than done. And the way to, to do that is literally to give yourself, 
you know, there's a practice that I have in my, in my book, and, and it's called uh, Everythingness and Nothingness. And it's 10 minutes that people can do in the morning. For five minutes, you put a timer on your phone, and you let yourself go into everythingness. Maybe that's shaking. Maybe that's dancing. Maybe that's pleasuring yourself. Maybe that's, you know, doing 200 sit-ups. You know, whatever it is, you're letting your body move, express, and be in your everythingness. Once that five minutes goes off, you put on another five minutes and you just sit in stillness and in silence and you observe and you just observe what you just did. You observe your breath. You observe the sounds around you. You observe life happening before your eyes. What that practice can do is it's training your masculine energy, the witnessing without judgment, the capacity that can just be in stillness, which is a strong, healthy, masculine quality. And two, it's training your feminine energy to be inside your everythingness, into the aliveness, into the life force, into the creation, into all of the stuff moving through you. And when both of those are happening, then there's a, a deeper dynamic balance in between. I love that. Very, they just seem like such nice, easy things that people can do and just to help well just help start the day really but also help focus yourself and find what it is you're really wanting from the day I think that's a nice easy start I like it absolutely Aaron if people want to find you where can they find all your details yeah so you can um on Instagram you can go to the soul navigator s-o-u-l navigator you can see all my stuff on there and my links and then on my uh website uh aaronkleinerman.com um, that will lead me lead you right to me. If that is too much in the spelling, you can go to the men's retreat, which is theinitiationjourney.com, and that will also lead you there. So you can find me from all those spaces. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us on Smut Drop. What a absolutely fascinating. I'm I'm gonna sign up to the retreat. I'll see you in Croatia. Yes, yeah? come, come. <laughs> come and, and, and so, well that's what they all yes, say. Again. Yes. Very good. Thank you so much, Aaron. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Such a joy. I have once again delved into my fun bags. Last week, I asked you for your stories of kinky finds. Ooh, did you go when no man really should not have gone and found out why? Was there something in the woodshed? You guys have definitely stumbled across a lot of tawdry treasure. Liam, on my Insta stories, he says, I found my brother's secret furry account. I just hope he hasn't found mine. <laughs> oh my God. What was in that milk? <laughs> what have your parents been feeding you? Uh, also, Liam and your furry brother, please come on the show and talk to me about being a furry. Open invitation. Um, Kelly, she says, I found my boyfriend's butt plug and lube in his gym bag. We have never ever used butt plugs oh kelly do we think he's going to the gym he might be going to a gym 
Don't mind me, Kelly. I'm sure everything's fine. Trudy, uh, she says, does the review request for a bondage B&B count? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. A review request, not even the booking request. Oh, my God. Anyway, she says, uh, no idea who he went with, but it definitely wasn't me. (gasps) Oh, my God. Right. I know what's happened there. (laughs) Someone's booked it and then they cleverly deleted the booking confirmation from the emails etc etc but then that pesky website it will keep coming for you until you've left a review it is not worth the genius discount oh no (laughs) oh if he'd have asked you would you have gone That's the question, Trudy. Uh, Next week, I want your worst dirty talk ever. Oh, come on. You know the ones. Has someone said something to you in bed that just turned you right off? Was there a phrase they said that gave you the ick? Please let me know. What stopped your sex life in its tracks? You can contact me on Miri Kane on Instagram, where you can slide into my TMs, or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you are enjoying this weekly fall from grace, please leave me a nice review. But in the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me. Bye.